0: Acts chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 12. Acts chapter 4, 5 through 12. Please stand for the reading of God's Word. Acts 4, 5 through 12. Beginning in 5. There's going to be two parts to this sermon. I'm going to do the other part next week. But I'm going to set this up for uh, the first week here. We're going to do that this morning. So, beginning in verse 5, it says, On the next day there are rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today thanking you for the boldness And the resolute attitudes of Peter and John to stand before this council. And not to wimp out, Lord, but to to truly testify to who you are. Help us to have that same witness. Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If I had to to label this, I would call it Pin Down Under Fire. Pin Down Under Fire Persecution. And will you stand in that day? Pin Down Under Fire Persecution. And will you stand in that day? Some may not call this Peter's third sermon, but I would like to call it that. It's very short. It's very to the point, very concise. It's, it, is, it is to a certain group. The first sermon he preached, 3,000 plus were saved. And the second sermon he preached, over 5,000 were saved. And here when we see him speaking of Christ Jesus, we don't see any that repented, but rather rejected the truth of what he was saying. Can't win them all, can you? Just the truth. You just can't win them all. Verse 5, we're going to get right on through this because I want to to get to my point. My point is, is will you stand? Will you stand in that day? We know that persecution is coming. We We know that it is beginning to get worse around the world. And so my question is, will you stand in that day? We know what's happened to Christ, and we know what happened to the eleven of the apostles through history. John the Beloved outliving all of them and died of old age, but was still persecuted. Will you be able to stand pinned down under fire? Will you stand in that day? Verse 5, listen to what it says. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes, the three people, rulers and elders and scribes, gathered together in Jerusalem. Remember, they had already put them in jail, Peter and John. They had put them in jail because they did a good deed. What was the good deed? They healed a man. Even though it wasn't them, but the Lord working through them, they healed a man. So this was this was to, to put them in jail because they did a good thing. By the way, you ever heard the term, no good deed goes unpunished? Well, <laughs> here we have that. They, they healed a man that was crippled. So they get thrown in jail for it. They gather. These are the mighty heads of church and state. They gather together to try to figure out what to do. Verse 6, it says, With Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and all who were of the high priest, priestly family. Those first two names you might remember from the trial of Christ Jesus. Anybody remember those names? Annas and Caiaphas? Yeah, same people. Same people. It's a different day. Same people. The religious gathered together, their minds came together, and they totally missed the whole point of what Peter and John had done. Yeah, they speak about the people praising the Lord later, but they missed the whole point. They think it has everything to do with the the miracle that was worked. When in all actuality, it had had everything to do with the 5,000 souls that were saved. So they missed this altogether. It wasn't all about the lame man being being healed. Sure it was some, but it wasn't all about that. It was about the 5,000 that were being saved as as a result of that lame man being healed. They, they ignore that. And so they come together, all these wise people, all these intellectuals. And all they were worried about was their high position. And I can prove it. They were worried about their high positions in the temple among the people. They didn't want to lose that. If the religious were to take Christ for themselves, then that meant they would have to what? Believe the resurrection. If the religious were to take Christ for themselves, that meant that they would have to submit to the anointed one that they murdered. And they weren't coming down from their perch to do that. They'd have to admit that not only did they murder him and but that he rose again. They'd have to submit to the apostles' teaching and doctrine. And you know that they weren't going to submit to the fishermen. That's how I know they weren't coming down off their lofty perch. Off their stoop their precipice that they were on. That wasn't about to happen. Because see, if it was going to happen, then that meant they would have to lose everything. You know, that's the call that Jesus gives us, right? If we're going to follow Him, we're going to take Him. Take Him all. Take every bit of Him. Lose our life to gain Christ. But they love being the ones asking the questions. They love being the ones holding the power and manipulating people. They love this. They were in that lofty position, looking down on everybody else from those chairs of exaltation in that room or in that place where they tried Christ. And here we have John and we have Peter there. And I just want us to understand that for those religious, this is a dangerous place to be in. For the higher that one is lifted, the further it is when they fall. I also want you to understand, just like a cat that has to get out of a, out of a tree, <laughs> the fireman... Mike Bennett has to come and and go up the ladder and and get them down. Why? Because it's high and because it's dangerous and the cat won't come down. Or a kid. The higher they're lifted up, the further it is that they have to fall down. They weren't coming down off of their stoops. These religious elders and priests and scribes, these chiefs, these captains, they would not come down off of their stoops. And so here we have them, and they placed Peter and John in the midst of them because Peter and John healed a man that was lame in both his legs. And they didn't know what to do with it. Verse 7 And when they had set them in the midst, now remember, it wasn't just Peter and John that was in their midst, but it was also the crippled man that was now healed. And we'll see that later on in the text. But He doesn't leave their side. He doesn't leave their side. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? How did you perform the miracle? Whose name did you use to do it in? Verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders... So Peter, he is filled with the Spirit and he lifts up his voice. And here, I believe, is the third sermon that is given. Keep in mind that John is there with him. Peter and John are together. It's very short, but under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Peter preaches truth right here that he knows could get him killed. I want you to imagine for just a moment the sight. And you don't have to have eyes to see this. You have to have faith. I want you to imagine the sight. we got the scribes, the Sadducees, the Pharisees. They're in their gowns and their robes. And they're there and they're gathered together in these lofty positions. Because they are presiding over this trial. They have Peter and John, two fishermen, with a crippled man down in front of them, or was crippled, now he's not. Whom they all knew. And these men are going to try, put on trial Peter and John. Peter opens up his mouth. And he knows that the words that's fixing to come out could cost him his life. And not only his, but his partner with him. John. And this is what he says. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders. Think about this now. Before I go on any further. This fisherman turned preacher... Fisherman-turned-preacher armed with the gospel under the influence of the Holy Spirit standing before the religious who had empty hearts and high minds. This is the scene that we have before us in our text. This is a dangerous scene to be in. This is a scene that, that makes us beg the question... Will you stand in that day knowing the truth? How will they respond to the gospel message? How will they accept the truth that they denied the prophecies fulfilled by Christ? Peter and John are fixed to preach to them the prophecies fulfilled by Christ. What they did to Christ Jesus. How are they going to respond? You know that Peter and John are thinking about this. You know that this could get them beheaded. You know that it could get them crucified. But Peter and John, they press on. Look at verse 9. It says, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, but what means this man has been healed? Verse 10, Peter says, Let it be known to all of you, To all of you, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by Him this man is standing before you well. Do we know what Peter just did here? He just charged them with the death of Christ. It's one thing to charge the regular people with the death of Christ that doesn't hold any clout. But it's altogether different to come before a whole trial, a whole council and to pronounce them guilty of crucifying the Christ, the anointed one, the one that everybody had been waiting on. And Peter does just that. The one that healed him, you killed. I would imagine at this moment you could have heard a pin drop in the room. But I want you to notice the power of the Holy Spirit in the Apostle Paul or Apostle Peter. He very firmly, resolutely, without stutter, Peter exclaims that by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, whom they crucified, whom God raised, he is the one who healed this man. Nowadays we call it a mic drop moment. The older people don't understand what that is, younger people do. Mic drop. Look here, David. Mic drop. Everything stopped. Everything was quiet. You could have heard a mouse go across the concrete. A pen drop. Two apostles standing with a healed man who once begged at the beautiful gate. All three before the council. Remember, I want you to remember this guys. The same people that tried Jesus now has John and Peter on trial. You Pay attention to what I'm telling you. They have John and Peter on trial. So let's go back for just a moment while I set up verses 11 and 12. Let's go back just a moment to John chapter 18. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me there, please. John chapter 18, because I want us to be reminded... I want us to be reminded of the consequences of following Christ. The consequences of following Christ. John chapter 18, beginning in 12, I want us to see what's taking place. We know that Jesus has been arrested in this passage, beginning in 12. He'd been arrested... And he was brought in. Peter had just got, cut a man's ear off and Jesus put it back on. And he's brought in and he's, and he's arrested by, by these people, this band of soldiers. In verse 12 it says, So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. Verse 13, First they led him to Annas. But well, wait a second, we got him mentioned in the text, don't we? So Peter and John were there when this happened. Peter and John saw this taking place. As a matter of fact, Peter denied three times what was taking place right in front of him because he was scared to death. Jesus, for he was the father-in-law, it says first and 13, first they led him to Annas for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas who was the high priest that year. Verse 14, it was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple, talking about John, since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door, so the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Go on down there to 19. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Go over to verse 22 and listen to what it says. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, is that how you answer the high priest? Then in verse 24 it says, Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. And then we see Peter deny him two more times. Same people, same place. They were following Jesus the man that denied his savior three times is now standing resolute in the same position as Christ was in and we're going to see what happens listen to what it says in chapter 4 of acts acts chapter 4 verse 10 I'm sorry verse uh, verse Let's see. Yeah, verse seven, go back to verse 7 in Acts chapter 4. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power, by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified... Peter and John are standing in the very same position that Christ was in, before the same men, before the same officers, before the religious elite. And here Peter and John stand firm, they stand resolute. They knew what happened to Christ, and they knew quite possibly that that was fixing to happen to them, that they could be crucified instantly. Because they seen Jesus do it. they seen what happened to Jesus. And then Peter does the unthinkable. If already charging them with the murder of Christ wasn't enough, then Peter does the unthinkable. In verses 11 and 12. And that's where we're going to pick up next week. But I'm going to read it to you. Because what Peter is doing is he's going to bring out, obviously through the power of the Holy Spirit, undoubtedly, He is going to bring out the Old Testament prophecies. And He's going to use the Old Testament and the Old Testament prophecies to lay charge to these men. And when I mean lay charge, I'm talking lay some serious charge to them. Listen to what it says in verse 11 and 12. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Next week we're going to look at 11 and 12 because I ain't got time today. That's where we're going to pick up at. But I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with this. There's coming a day where you will have to give an account for your faith. You'll have to give an account for your faith. Will you stand and proclaim it like Peter and John that Jesus is Lord? Will you do that? We better begin to think about that now because we know that it's coming. Will you testify to who your true king is or will you bow out gracefully? Will you lift up your voice like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and go against the grain and go against an entire nation and go against the very king that people are worshipping to stand for Jesus? Will you pray to the Lord unashamedly like Daniel? Who knew that a wicked decree had went out that forbade him from praying to the Lord? But three times a day, he still went and done it. Will you go out and defy the giant Philistine when nobody else will? Knowing good and well that the Lord has already given us the victory through Jesus Christ? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves. Will you stand before the angry mob like Stephen did? And preach Jesus and then pray for the angry mob as they stone you to death? Will you stand against the prophets of Baal and preach righteousness while the rest of the world is cutting themselves and and acting foolish and worshiping false gods? Guys, there comes a time that we have to stand for what we know to be right. Will you leave all and lose all to gain and to proclaim Christ? Will you be like Peter and John who stood before the same council that butchered Jesus and proclaimed Jesus without fear? Will you testify to what He has done in your life? Will you speak of redemption and the free pardon that He has given to you? When you're brought before the council, Peter and John, I see them the first time that they witness Christ experiencing this. A little bit shy to say the least. The second time, filled with the Spirit, they preach Christ crucified. Will you preach Christ crucified? Will you proclaim to people that you're around who Jesus is and what He's done for you? Or will you put your light under a bushel and not not let anybody see it? This is what we have to ask ourselves. I pray today that you would. Next time we meet, verses 11 and 12, we'll finish this sermon out. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven, given among men, by which we must be saved. Let's pray.